0: this
1: y'all ready for this found <laughs> out i don't know the other words to that song are there other words um no okay i'm guessing we're recording
0: yeah we are recording okay yeah those are our voices i see them
1: yes Y'all ready for this? It's Detroit Strange.
0: Bum, 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 bum. I think I just turned it into you the Mission it Impossible. You turned into mission Impossible. <laughs> I don't know my job. Mission Impossible. Aww.
1: Technical difficulties. That's Michigan Impossible. Let me tell you that.
0: And that's Impossible Mission.
1: Yes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, that's Jess over there.
0: And that's Alex over there.
1: Uh, we're coming to you live from Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras. Bum 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 bum. Although I guess it kind of ruins the illusion because this comes out the day after I think this comes out the, the week, week after. after Grass. Yeah, we're in March. Happy Lent. I Hope you're all
0: suffering. <laughs> like we are. Yes. Even though I'm not
1: Catholic and have never been. Uh I still like to do Lent, though, because I think it's a good exercise in self-control.
0: Yeah, I don't mind it. I always did it as a kid too. Although I always gave up ice cream, I feel like.
1: Yeah, I remember you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving out like takeout and fast food Mm -hmm. because I eat too much of it.
0: I'm going to. Maybe
1: throw in a vegetable every once in a while too.
0: Yeah. I think I'm going to give up any kind of like, uh, I'm going to call it fast food, but I mean like, like easy access food. Yeah. Food. Yeah. Just to try to like get back, get back to it all.
1: Same. Get back to those roots of. Mm Eating healthy. I'm
0: always trying to get back to my roots.
1: I can tell. So yeah. Jess is wearing the wig this week.
0: I am wearing the wig this week.
1: It's great. It has she has a like headband underneath it.
0: Super long strand to it.
1: I know. I tried to cut it, and Jess was like, "No, this is the twirling strand." Yep. <laughs> so,
0: unless you want to creep somebody out, and then it's the put it in your mouth strand to be that creepy person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's either the flirting or anti-flirting wig. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So what's new with you?
0: Um, not much. Supposed to be a lot of snow tomorrow. I'm not looking forward to that. They have been saying that. I know. I hope it's like all the time. And just,
1: every time the summer, the summer, the summer,
0: (laughs) it's been such a wild summer. It's been a
1: wild summer. (laughs) It's been very cold for summer, Mm -hmm. but every time they said it's going to snow, it never does. And I'm like, you're a liar. You lied to me. I pick up the gun and shoot them. Chicago reference. Oh, wow. You're a liar. You lied (laughs) to me. Bam. And so he
0: ran into my knife. You
1: need to buy a knife. And, uh, I was going to say, I don't remember the number. <laughs> he had it coming. Uh, I love that movie. I haven't seen it in too long. It's a good one. I was always going to say there's no, like, why isn't there a musical called Detroit? But there's literally Detroit the Musical, Planet Ant. Yep. Starting on March Detroit 13th. Day. Yeah. yeah. Three and three.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a fun uh, show. Our Producer Patty's in it. Yes. You have to go see it. Producer Patty's to in it. Yes.
0: Anything new with you?
1: Yes, uh dear Jen, our good friend Jen. Yes, texted me that she got concert tickets. Oh, for I don't know if you know this person is probably not. They keep it juicy, juicy. They eat that lunch. No. Oh, doja cat.
0: But Still you no. <laughs> heard, you probably heard moo
1: because I played moo all the time. Like bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. I'm not a cat. I don't say meow. I go moo. That's gonna be moves. I'm so lost. <laughs> got milk, bitch, got beef, got steak hoe, got cheese. Is this part of a
0: sketch? Because No, these are all real songs. This sounds like a sketch. Yeah. It actually sounds like a sketch that I think I saw as part of a sketch show.
1: Wasn't mine. No. Nothing but my love and respect for Dutch Cat in this house. <laughs> Fair? Yeah. Uh yeah. Um, so I'm well, very excited to. Congrats for that. though. Yeah. I'm excited
0: for you guys to go to that.
1: Yeah. 'Cause she keeps it juicy juicy. Mm-hmm. She eats that lunch. Moo? They're different songs.
0: Oh. Okay. I
1: think you'd like her if you listen to her.
0: I mean, the jury's out.
1: Okay. Um
0: I'll I'll give things a try. I'll
1: force you to listen to her later. Okay, fair. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. What are we drinking, by the way? Because there's some weird things in the top of this drink.
1: As I was making this drink, I feel like every ingredient you were like, I'm mm, not really a fan of that. So, <laughs> sorry again. Um, no!
0: I wasn't trying to be like that, though. I was just like...
1: No, I'll even admit it. I, this is kind of phoning it in. But it is a memory Heart recipe, so it's not just like I didn't mm-hmm. try it all. I just tried very little. Okay. So, I can't remember what she called it in the book. So it's from a book. Okay. Oh, her book's right there. I could grab it, but I won't. Again, effort. Um, But it's basically like coke grenadine white rum or light rum and then uh peanuts because apparently okay, peanuts okay. and coke are a big thing in the south so i was like i'm gonna try that i've never tried it before so this is the first one for both of us okay yeah i made it a little strong apologies no that's okay i'm a little bit more comforted knowing that they're peanuts yeah what did you think they were
0: corn
1: <laughs> would corn be any weirder though
0: i mean a little bit because yeah. i have heard about people i guess it depends like
1: on what kind of corn if it's like the like bar mix corn then like yeah, yeah okay i guess but if it's just like strip canned i was corn. thinking
0: like aztec like inca corn or whatever like that like hard corn
1: oh yeah no i wouldn't yeah. do you dirty like that okay <laughs> but Sorry. i mean it has coke in it i know you like coke yeah no
0: and it's the coke zero which yeah Love the coke zero. i might need to take this wig off i feel like it's altering my personality
1: do what you gotta do. Is it?
0: I think it is. I think it's... Let's see. I'm taking it off.
1: She has snatched herself bald.
0: It was fun to wear, but I did feel like I was in an alternate universe.
1: Heavy is the head that wears a wig, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for the beverage.
1: No problem.
0: Did we... Okay.
1: Let's cheers. It's
0: a big beverage.
1: It is. Yeah, because we usually are serving them out of like, rocks, glasses, or mm-hmm. flutes. This is a straight up just glass IKEA seventy nine cent glass. Oh,
0: nice! They're very
1: thick, thick with two C's.
0: Yes,
1: (laughs) I taught Barb that at work, and she's obsessed.
0: Oh, that's adorable. I even taught her
1: dummy thick today. Like when something's real thick, it's dummy thick. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm learning new things on TikTok.
0: (laughs) My roommate always says when she's laughing really hard, she always says, "I'm dead." Yeah, but now her new thing because she said that like too much is I'm deceased.
1: Oh yeah, I've been I went through deceased. Yeah, so we keep dead slayed deceased, lying yeah. on the corner slab.
0: Ooh, how about like I'm full of maggots? Does that count?
1: <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> is that but, too graphic? I mean, you could be full of maggots and still alive, you know? Oh god, which would be terrible. Go well, to you a know,
0: doctor. I'm,
1: no, you know no, what?
0: No, I don't think they eat They, don't eat, they only
1: eat. They don't eat live tissue. They only eat dead tissue. Yeah. Which why they're so good in wound healing. Yeah. But I will say my friend Hannah um, worked in the ER. Uh-huh. And one day there was this homeless guy who came in and they put him in a room and they're like, what is that smell? What is that smell? It was winter. His leg had gotten a frostbite and died and the maggots were eating his dead leg.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. I'm so sad now.
1: You ready for a story?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a happy story. Oh, good. Okay, then yes.
1: Okay. So, have you heard of Jesse Bonsteel?
0: I know about the Bonsteel Theater. I know it's haunted, so I'm hopefully there's ghosts. And I know that something is happening to it soon. Like, it's getting renovated or something, maybe?
1: All this is being covered and more Ooh! on Detroit Street.: I'm going to listen. Good. <laughs> Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Yay. Um so Jessie Steele, Broadway actress, director, and drama company manager, also known as Maker of Stars. Oh. And she was one of the first female theater managers in the country.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that um Jessie was a female, to be honest. This same yeah.
1: that's how I stumbled upon this is because um when I was researching the Albert Kahn story, uh-huh. One of his buildings he designed was the original Temple Bethel.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I remember which that. Which got no, sorry. turned into
1: the Bond Steel Theater.
0: Okay, I do remember. Yeah.
1: Which I'm just assuming it said Bonsteel. Steel. What We're you- going to go with that pronunciation for the oh, rest of this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: That's, I've always heard Bond or Bond Steel. I don't know. I bon believe Stel?
1: you.
0: No, I've heard Steel always. Bon Ste-
1: well, like, because originally it was um, Bone Steel. Oh. We'll get to that in a minute, but. Okay. um. So yeah, so I was looking up the Temple Bethel, Steel Theater, and I was like, who's this Bondsteel guy? Because I'm like, it's probably Nadir, some old dead white guy. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's Nadir, some old dead white lady.
0: Nice. Ish. Who's cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but so Jesse was born in Greece, New York. So the city of Greece okay, in New York. Yeah, it took a second. Took me a second too. Uh, sometime in November of 1871. Uh, The day she apparently kept secret, but we know it was in November.
0: Okay, that's fine.
1: And she was the youngest of eight. Oh, wow. Yeah. So her birth name was Laura Justine Bonesteel. And so like I said, her last name is originally Bonesteel, but legend has it she saw it spelled Bonstel on a marquee and liked that better. Oh, okay. So originally Mm B-O-N-E-S-T-E-E-L Bonesteel. Exactly. Now it's a B-O-N-S-T-E-L-L-E. Okay. Which, Bone Steel is a very, like... That's a good name for, like, a wrestler. It's or, good, like, but it is aggressive. Monster Kart Driver. Yeah,
0: it's got, like... Well, because it's, like, two hard words. Yeah.
1: Like... Bone Steel. Or Bone yeah. steel. Yeah. Sounds nice. And then Jesse was just a nickname. Okay. So, have you ever gone by Jesse?
0: No. And the reason is, in first grade, there was a boy named Jesse. Mm. And so, I had, you know, a first grader, like, association. And I was, like... I'm not Jesse then. I'm yeah. Jess or Jessica. And yeah. I, and now I don't. I, Jess, Jessica, Schmess, Schmessy I'm fine with, which is weird. But Jesse, no.
1: I get that because like. I don't know how many Jessicas that go by Jesse. No. And if they do, it's like the people who grew up with them called her Jesse. Everyone's like, Billy, Jesse, Sally. It's yeah. Like,
0: but then Sally Jesse- Sally's
1: just the name. Like if your name is Sally, you're called Sally your whole life. Yeah. There's no drop of that Y sound.
0: But on *Saved by the Bell*, she went by Jesse.
1: She did, Jesse Spano.
0: Yeah, not Jessica.
1: She was so excited. She was so excited. She was so scared, as she should be. She's one of the few involved in the reboot.
0: They're doing a, they are doing a reboot.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be just on Peacock, which is NBC's new streaming service. Uh huh. So it's like an online exclusive. And I think it's Slater and Jesse are together, and they have kids. And I think that's what it's about.
0: I don't know how I feel
1: about any of this. I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah, but...
0: I'm totally okay just letting that like be.
1: I I'm I'm over reboots at this point. Yeah, they don't work out usually. Not usually. The Will and Grace one kind of worked. It's ending again, yeah. unfortunately. But um I would take a reboot of the nanny. Okay. Okay, but who would you have play the nanny character? I forgot her name in the show because I've listened to
0: Fran say. Drescher? Is her name just Fran Drescher in the show? Well, her name's Fran. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I might want to see them now. Or maybe it would be about like one of the kids from that house and they hire a new nanny.
1: Or they hire her. Is Fran Drescher still alive? I'm just yeah, guessing she's still alive. She is. I yeah. heard about that. Um, yeah. That'd be interesting. As long as it doesn't end up like that reboot of freaking um, Mary Poppins where it's like, okay, the son grew up, and now he lives in the house. And look, Mary oh, Poppins yeah. come back to save him.
0: No, that no, movie was terrible. Re- I love Emily Blunt,
1: it, but... and she did good as Mary Poppins, but everything around her was garbage.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it after hearing about it.
1: Yeah, I watched it on a plane.
0: Oh, that's right. I would totally watch something like that on a plane. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't want. I mean, a reboot in general, I'm a little scared of, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. But there's no reboot of the Bond Steel Theater. Good. Sorry, one. I was trying to type again. <laughs> and anyway, we back to Jesse. Uh huh. Uh, so Helen, and her mother, I said she's the original dance mom. Okay. Because um, she had wanted to be an actress and homeschooled Jesse in the basic subjects, but also like dance and reciting Shakespeare. Okay. Uh, and she also inspired her love of acting by taking her to the theater in nearby Rochester, oh. New York.
0: That's nice. Yeah.
1: At 10, she auditioned for Thomas Kane a critic, and it resulted in her going on to tour as the part of Bertha, the beautiful sewing machine girl.
0: Sewing machine? Yeah. Like,
1: yep. A sewing
0: machine?
1: (laughs) Bertha, the beautiful sewing machine girl. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I'm surprised that one's not still on Broadway. I don't know (laughs) what happened to it. Me either. So, the Wikipedia article, one of my sources, Uh started the career section, because you know how, like, With famous people, it's usually like early life, career, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Her early or her career section starts with after the death of her parents in 1980. Oh, wow. But gives no explanation to what happens to them. But math tells me she was like 18 to 19 at the time, which is like sad that apparently she lost both of her parents at 18 to 19. Yeah. But she moved to the city in 1890 after her parents died. In 1891, she joined Fanny Jausonnek Company and started touring with them. Uh, during this time, she met Alexander Hamilton Stewart, very misleading middle name, right? <laughs> yes,
0: I was like, wait, what?
1: I saw you perk what up time for a another- Yeah. So, a man who was 20 years her senior, and they were married in 1983. Oh. And began working. Wait, for- in what year? 1983. They oh, were, 1893.
0: Thank you. I think you did that earlier, too, and it get, got me confused. Sorry. So we're talking about the late 1800s. Late 1800s, okay, early okay, okay, 1900s. Okay.
1: Um, I don't know what it is about, like, time eighteen and, 19. and years. I just can fuck them up so easily. I just
0: kept going between the two time periods in my head. Like, in one of them, they're wearing, like, corsets and long skirts. And then the other one's, like, blue eyeshadow and large hair. And I was like, what's happening?
1: I mean, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> Um. So yeah, she married this guy Who was 20 years older than her In 1983 And then they began working in Philly together For two years Then they moved to Rochester And this is where she established herself As a leading lady And at some point They moved back to Philly Where she became the leading lady Of the same theater company She had been part of before And around 1900 She started to do more Managing and directing
0: Good for her And
1: it was probably due to her success In 1899 When she produced High by Herman Sutterman for its U.S. debut and only second production in English.
0: Okay, nice.
1: And she did so well that Siderman actually wrote to tell her how happy he was that she produced the show.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so she got, like, a review from the director and just, like, a really successful run. Yeah. So she kind of started to be like, maybe I'm more meant for, like, the managing directing kind of stuff, which, like,
0: Mm
1: kind of sounds like there weren't many women doing that at the time. So I mean, I imagine no. Um And then she just took it even further, as I'm going to get to in a minute. So she went on to manage the stock company at the Star Theater in Buffalo in 1906 and started managing another stock company at the Garrick Theater in Detroit in
0: 1910.
1: OK. So, like I said, we get to Detroit eventually. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm
0: here for the journey.
1: Yeah. Welcome to the journey. Thank you. Um. So during this time, she would travel between the two cities weekly. Can you imagine that? Like, this is 1910. There's no. not planes. Yeah, it travels hard. So, like, she must have been just taking a train from Detroit to Buffalo every week.
0: That's a lot. I mean, I would imagine it's probably like ten, twelve, fifteen hours. Yeah. I mean, you probably go through Canada, but yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
1: Yeah. So she did that every week. Oh. And she would pick plays. Like her strategy was, she would pick plays that were on Broadway, but not ones that she deemed immoral. Okay. So she would basically take um what was on Broadway that was doing well and be like, well, this one's my moral standards, so we'll put this one up. Okay. Uh she wasn't always treated kindly by the New York critics, which led to short runs of her shows. No. Oh. Um the most successful production she toured with was an adaptation of Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. Oh. Relevant. Uh, yeah which also I still have never seen little women any of them I have no idea what it's about for a minute I thought it was about miniature women
0: yes uh, like no. tiny they like doll definite. sized women
1: yeah I don't know why that was my in my head I was like there's these women but they're very small
0: I mean I would watch that as well
1: so. same like honey I shrunk the kids but like in like Victorian times see for some reason I pictured it like little house in the prairie style oh okay okay yeah. I have no concept of what this play is about or book is it a book or a play
0: it's a book that was turned into a movie and a play okay i think the movie might have even come before the play but i no no because you're saying it was back then yeah i i can't i don't history i don't history that's fair
1: so like i said she put on this production and she traveled to boston and just to like so Jessie Bonsteel to like really make sure she did the best job she could do, mm-hmm. she actually traveled to Boston to look at Alcott's personal papers and talk to her friends. Oh, that's cool. To like kind yeah. of get a better idea of where yeah. things were at. Which I think is amazing. And I kind of like was thinking about this and like, there's no man doing this. This is like a woman detailed thing because women are detailed <laughs> people. And I like, you know, yeah, there's not, not many true. men that are women like there there are not many men that are detailed people. Like True. So yeah. I'm glad that she's a theater named after her. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> So it toured nationally in 1911 with four different companies playing it concurrently. Okay, wow. Yeah.
0: That's good. That's like a lot.
1: Yeah. a very successful and lengthy run on Broadway. It even toured in London after World War I, and that production featured the then-unknown actress Catherine Cornell in one of the earlier roles for Alice Brady. This is all part of her maker-of-star legacy. She had a knack for finding and honing young talent. Catherine would later be dubbed the First Lady of Theater. Oh. And Alice Brady would go on to star movies and even survive the transition to talkies. So,
0: Ooh, that was a hard time. Yeah. I did some reading about that once, and yeah. Yeah.
1: I watched The Artist, considering it's the same.
0: Oh, yeah. I've seen The Artist. Or uh, Singing in the Rain. I've also seen Singing in the Rain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I am interested to go back and watch The Artist, because people say it's a very overrated win of the 2010s for Oscars. I remember really liking it when it came out, but I haven't watched it since. Yeah.
0: I saw it in a weird... Uh, New York theater, actually. Really? Yeah, the woman next to me was mad at me because my elbow was near her, because the seats were tiny, and I was like, "I'm sorry. Let's just watch the movie and be kind."
1: Right. I hate when people. It's like I can't do anything about this.
0: Well, and I think I was like trying to take off my coat or something. So it was like one of those things where like I was trying to like make make it like last, but like you yeah, have I take was trying to space for a second make the
1: situation better, yeah. people. Yeah. That's why I love going to like the main theater in Royal Oak at like 10 p.m. on a weeknight because Mm -hmm. nobody's there.
0: I like going to the ones with the giant chairs.
1: It depends on the movie because I do like seeing. I love like a classic movie theater with like the fold down seats. I know I'm in the minority here.
0: No, you're fine. I just I've tasted glory and now I can't. Fair. I loved the movie theater. Like I loved like old movie theaters one like that was the thing like
1: yeah
0: there weren't fancy ones or like there weren't that many or whatever i was like cool with it but now i'm like this isn't a lounger my feet don't go up uh Uh,
1: i just it feels like a little too comfortable i'm like that's how i like it okay fair (laughs) different strokes or different folks
0: yeah it's true it's true
1: Okay, so Alice Brady, like I said, she survived the transition to talkies and went to act in over 80 movies and even won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her role in the Old Chicago. Or in Old Chicago.
0: Is that different than Chicago?
1: Oh. Yeah, in Old Chicago. That's the movie title.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I feel like it was the first Best Supporting Oscar, too. The like first Best Supporting Actress Oscar went to her okay like she originated the award wow yeah that's nuts yeah so jesse back to jesse then so her husband died in 1911 and she would never marry i mean he was 20 years her senior so yeah
0: i mean it's unfortunate
1: yeah but she performed in three broadway productions one of them was 1913's the lady from oklahoma where she produced herself oh um she got mixed slash negative reviews for her acting uh, jump forward to 1924, Jessie sold her stakes in the Garrick Theater and along with her company founded the Bonsdale Playhouse, which is the old Temple Bethel.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: so she bought the theater and converted it into a theater by the help of C. Howard Crane, who she hired to renovate the temple for half a million dollars to turn it into a theater. Cool. And that's not adjusted for inflation, that's half a million dollars. Oh, wow, that's a lot. old time I- money.
0: So wait, where did she get that money
1: um, I think she had some partners, like investors and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So the Boncel Theater, she founded it. It's the mid to late 20s. They put on mostly Broadway-style productions with the occasional stage classic in modern dress. So like, for example, in 1926 they did Romeo and Juliet and in 1927 did Hamlet. Okay. In 1928, Boncel started a campaign to get public support for the theater. She managed to raise $200,000 from the public and make an agreement with local authorities to make the Playhouse the city's unofficial premier theater. And this is when the theaters or the group started to be known as the Detroit Civic Theater.
0: Ooh.
1: Uh, And her plan for the theater is twofold. She wanted to provide the public with the best drama and improve young people's knowledge of important dramatic literature. And like one of the ways she helped achieve this is by keeping ticket prices low. So, by way of public subscription, she was able to sell tickets prices at $150.
0: A oh, my gosh. That's so cool. So, she wanted to make it, like, accessible for the masses. Yeah. That's, yeah. I Oh. Yeah. Respect.
1: Yeah. Like I said, she was a cool woman.
0: Yeah. And
1: it, she also was able to win over local religious authorities because during Lent, she would invite different religion religious denominations to hold services theater. And while she wasn't trying to put... Po- push any religion or get preachy with her shows, there's usually a good moral message that could be appreciated by really any religion or denomination.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So
1: in June of 1932, Bonsteel set out for Hollywood and the reason is kind of unknown, but it's not a far reach to assume that she wanted to try her hand at directing movies, found an acting school or even a new theater company. Mm -hmm. But not even a year after she returned to Detroit after falling ill and learning she had cancer. Oh. Uh, it was sometime during the Great Depression because the Civic Theater started to struggle, and her new mission was just to keep the theater open. She kept campaigning and doing what she could to keep the theater open until her death in October of that year.
0: Oh, What year was this again?
1: 1932. Oh, So she went for Hollywood in June and came back to Detroit, Yeah, rallied the troops, and then passed in October, unfortunately and they had a viewing and memorial service for her in the theater and it said that over 25,000 people came and viewed and thousands attended her memorial. Oh. And she was buried in Rochester next to her late husband. Oh. And unfortunately the theater only survived one more season without her. Um, wow. Yeah. That's nuts. It was crazy too cuz they said like even up until the day of her death she was still working on the next season. Oh. Like, the legacy lives on, obviously, the name's still the same, and actually, the theater was used as a model for dozens of other civil repertory theaters around the country. Oh, that's cool. And, like I said, Maker of Stars, here's some name that came out of it. Uh, George Seaton, who was the voice of Lone Ranger in WXYZ. (laughs) Sidney Blackmer, who appeared in Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Melvin Douglas, who was in Nunachka with Greta Garbo in 1939, (laughs) and it was her first full comedy so
0: okay
1: like Greta yeah. not Gre- Greta
0: Garbo yeah
1: Greta Garbo not Melvin Douglas and then Gail Sondergaard this is who I got messed up she was the first recipient of the best supporting actress Oscar in 1937 for her role in Anthony Adverse okay and it was her first film wow yeah That's
0: a lot of people a lot of people blossomed yeah
1: yeah so she was true to her legacy of maker of stars yeah um, so basically what happened in the theater after that is it shuttered in 1933 and reopened later that year as a two screen movie house.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, times are changing.
1: Yeah. And the movie house is pretty unremarkable. Like one of my sources shadily said that the only time it showed up in the paper was for movie times.
0: Oh, well, no.
1: I mean, I mean, what I else are you going to
0: th- write? I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, I still think it was shady, but I love it. Oh, yeah. But like, I mean, really, like what else could they have done? Yeah. But there wouldn't be another play there until for 20 years until the young Wayne University took interest in the 50s. OK. Um, I just thought it was funny they called it the young Wayne University, <laughs> because <laughs> I, I think it was, just got its university status. Yeah, I was
0: going to say it must have been referred to as that for a while. Yeah.
1: Because
0: um, also it wasn't a state school at first, right? No. I think. Yeah.
1: No, um I've read this at one point, I can't remember it, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I know I asked
0: you the question and I was like he might he probably why would he know that? Like, I knew it at one <laughs> okay. point.
1: I knew it at one yeah. point, but not coming to me right now. That's fine. So, in the 50s, the theater department for the school needed a permanent home because they were storing random things in random places and having to use like different churches for rehearsals. So I was kind of just like the theater apartment was scattered all over the city. They needed yeah. like a new central oh, location. Yeah. yeah. So, in 1951, the university started renting the theater for sixteen thousand a year, which is 141 thousand adjusted for inflation.
0: Wow. And okay. they had the
1: option to buy the theater after their five year lease for 135 thousand adjusted for inflation, 1.2 million.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In
1: 1952, they changed the theater's name to the Wayne University Theater. What? Uh... W T. Oh. <laughs> Which is like not a great name. No. Regardless of the name, though, having a building allowed the program to grow. Attendance over doubled. Um, in 1956, the Detroit Board of Education chose to buy the building for
0: $86,000. That is much less than it. Oh, 135 no, no, no. was yeah, what yeah.
1: It is. So I imagine that's like after the release, they like negotiated them down. Okay. Yeah. But in 1963, the theater would change names one last time to Bond Steel Theater.
0: Okay, I'm supportive of that. Yeah.
1: And I wrote down your queen, Lily Tomlin. Yes. Who was apparently known back then as Mary Jean Tomlin. Okay. Got her start at the Bonsdale Theater.
0: Yes, that's wonderful.
1: Yeah. So she had a small part in the production of Madwin of Shalott. Ch- Chalot? Yep. Karen D. Yep. For the 6061 season.
0: Awesome. Yeah, because she was studying there. Yeah. That's cool.
1: So the theater is still part of Wayne State University for now. Uh huh. Uh Part of the undergraduate program puts on four productions there a year. The spring twenty twenty will be the last season there for Wayne State. After that, will be decommissioned and leased to the Roxbury Group, a Detroit real estate development. Mm-hmm. And they plan to renovate and redevelop it. Which I was when I started reading these plans, like, oh shit, what are they going to do? But I was reading an article and about a week ago, when I was doing the research for this, so like a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, Curb Detroit published an article saying that the project is still happening and it involves building a 10 story, 153 room hotel to the left of the theater and a glass conservatory like structure between that and the theater. The theater is going through renovation and even better restoration to its original look, including uncovering the woodward facing portico, which I'd look up what a portico was. And it's basically like that roof structure held up by columns.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 Okay.
1: And like I said, two words I haven't said in a long time Ookie spookies. Ooki? Yes.
0: You know what comes up with renovations, especially too?
1: Ghosts. Uh, yes. So, ready for this Ookie spooky? I am so ready. So, it said that Bond Steel haunts the theater. Which makes sense because she put so much of herself into the theater. Yeah, like, it's like her baby. Yeah, like literally like planning out the next season as she was dying. Ugh. And students have said they've seen her ghost like around the building. Mm-hmm. There was even a paranormal tour of the building last fall. And the proceeds actually went to the... Did you go to it? Is that what you're nodding?
0: No, but I watched things about it online. I watched videos about this tour.
1: Ooh. Yes.
0: Go on. Sorry. I'm, I got two I love more bullets love so this. that you
1: can tell your story. So one actress who's playing Desmonda and Othella claimed that the ghost of Jesse tried to kill her, which sounds dramatic. And also I took it as maybe take it as a hint if the maker stars trying to off you. Like maybe this isn't your (laughs) maybe this isn't your thing, you know? Yeah. Um, And I just want to end with a quote from a 1974 issue of the Detroit Discovery magazine from Mary McKinney, who said her soul was a theater. Now the theater is her soul. Ah. Sources before I forget.
0: Yeah, no, that's lovely. Then I want to hear about
1: what you watched. I Wikipedia, purdue.edu, encyclopedia.com, historicaldetroit.org, Detroit Curbed. Click on Detroit, Encore Michigan, and that's it.
0: Oh, good job. Yeah, I don't remember too much about what I watched because I wasn't like trying to commit it to memory.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um. Sometimes I go down a rabbit hole of just watching paranormal videos. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they look up like a lot of Detroit ones. And I just remember I looked up one and they were talking about the bond steel and they were talking about like, um, they, they showed like specific areas that her ghost has been seen in. Uh-huh. And then there's also like, um, there's some janitor closet area or something in the basement that like something has been seen in. And that when they don't Ooh. necessarily know if they like think it's her, there's like a couple other people that might also be inhabiting the building. Um, but mo- most of the stories were like really nice. They were just like somebody saw somebody in like an older gown, and you know, for some
1: reason, I'm just thinking of Zandra, who was uh, Jack's acting teacher in Will and Grace, <laughs> just in like old timey wear, being crotchety and smoking.
0: I mean, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. So it wasn't anything like really specific, but it was a fun watch. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh man, I wish I was there. You know.
1: Yeah. I know, Nothing. I read about the tours, i like, damn it.
0: Uh-huh, it'd be a fun one.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That was really good, though. Thank
1: you. I'm
0: so glad you talked about it.
1: Me too. I, like I said, I didn't even know Jesse was a woman. So, I yeah. think that's an interesting revelation. It's a
0: fun little surprise. Right. You know, we love to support the ladies who are, Hell who yeah. are doing their thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Now that you've worked so hard. Yes. And done such a great story thank you would you like to play two truths and a lie
1: i sure would
0: apparently i'm gonna make a theme song now Are you familiar with the movie amelie i am so your two truths and a lie is about the movie amelie
1: Okay, interesting. I haven't seen it probably since two thousand fourteen, as I'm going to estimate, Fantastic. or last time I've seen it.
0: Actually, it's been a second since I've seen it too, and I own it, but I don't watch. I don't watch DVDs anymore. I always stream everything, and then I'm like, yeah, I need to watch DVDs. I have good ones. It's hard
1: because it involves the extra step of like uh-huh. getting up, uh-huh. turning on the switch, and
0: it's more like committed. Like you're it committed is. to a DVD.
1: That's sometimes why I love a DVD, mm-hmm. though, is because like. When I stream stuff, it's usually because I'm controlling it off my phone. So Mm -hmm. if I have a DVD, I can put my phone in a completely different room. I do this. I'm not lying. No, I'm
0: laughing because I was just thinking it's a wonder that we're both single. (laughs) Like, I can't commit to watching a DVD.
1: I mean, I put that at the top of my OKCupid profile (laughs) and I haven't looked back since. Just kidding. OKCupid is trash. It's true. Can't
0: commit to that either. No,
1: can't commit to that. DVDs I can commit to. Just can't. I can commit to a DVD.
0: I can, but. Eh. Yeah. Well, and also I only have one DVD player, so it has to like move around the house.
1: How many TVs do you have?
0: Okay, so I used to only have one TV and okay. then I moved in with my current roommate and she had two and I had one. So now we both have one in our room and then we also have a main room TV.
1: I love that because that's how my. The last apartment I had the roommates with. Mm hmm. It was the same thing. Like the apartment came with a TV in the living room. Oh, wow. It was okay. one we got to yeah. keep, obviously. It was just yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah. it was like a shitty yeah. college apartment. So like, oh, yeah, oh, well, yeah, here's yeah. like a 50 inch TV. We'll just throw yeah. in there. Don't damage it. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, I used to have a rule. So I used to kind of have a rule about not having a TV in the bedroom because I read some like article and it was something about like for your relationship, it's better. And then I was like, I'm not in a damn relationship. Get that TV in my room.
1: I if I. Have a space where I could have a TV that's not a bedroom. Mm-hmm. I prefer that. Like, I it's too. a place where I could have it alone. That's why I loved it in my college apartment. Is like if I just want like to watch something on TV alone, mm-hmm. I can go up in my room and watch it. Yeah. But
0: I think that's what it is. Like I live in a shared space, so it is nice to have like that getaway. Whereas yeah. I think if I lived alone, I probably wouldn't want one in my room.
1: I kind of have the best of both worlds because there's a TV in the guest room. Yeah. yeah so I kinda just right. like Watch TV in there and then yeah. I call it the I call it the TV bedroom, then my bedroom, the sleeping bedroom.
0: hmm Um anyway, back to Amelie. Yes. <laughs> uh I forget how to say the director's name, but I believe it's J Je- Genet, Jenae. Jenny. Sh- Jenny D.
1: Okay. <laughs> yes.
0: Fact number one. The director wanted to make Paris look quote unquote fake, as if it were a sound stage. But he shot it on the real streets of Paris. Interesting. Number two. The apartment interior scenes were shot in a studio. In France. Trois. The star, Audrey Tateau, didn't want to be an actress as a child. She wanted to work with monkeys.
1: I'm guessing one is a lie. I'm guessing it wasn't filmed in Paris.
0: Uh, It was.
1: Okay. So I do notice that it looks fake from like is it just mm-hmm. like they're trying to make it look like fake Paris or they made Paris look?
0: No, I think he wanted the whole thing to look I
1: I I I get that like he wanted to probably make it like a surreal kind of mm-hmm, quality mm-hmm. to it just because of the nature of the film where she's kind of like always living in her head. So yeah,
0: like, kind Yeah. kind of like
1: mixing real world with like the fantasy world she had in her head.
0: Yeah, it was basically so okay, a lot of his previous films had actually been shot in studios. Uh. Um one of them was Delicatessen which that movie is Terrifying. Ooh. Oh yeah. The other one is Alien Resurrection, which I actually have not seen, but also kind of gross. So it's a it, like Amelie is like a bit of a departure
1: interesting um
0: and he actually liked the control of the studio because you don't have to worry about like the sun and all that kind of stuff and it's all your stuff you're not thinking about weather all that um but he didn't want to but creating the mo march neighborhood on a soundstage would have been prohibitively expensive so he shot on location so even though it was a real thing he wanted the dreamlike versions of his imagination yeah so they cleared all the streets of Well, in his words, we cleared the streets of all cars, cleaned the graffiti off the walls, replaced posters with more colorful ones, etc. Let's just say I tried to exert as much control as I could upon the city's aesthetic quality. Post-production digital, you know. Yeah. um, Enhancing all that. Yeah. They helped him achieve his vision. Nice. Yeah. So now you have two to choose from. So the uh, apartment interior scenes were shot in a studio in France. The star, Audrey Tateau, did not want to be an actress as a child she wanted to work with monkeys
1: okay that third one but not just the monkeys part is my gosh
0: that is actually true
1: damn it <laughs> <laughs> i no. love you like this is gonna be an easy one for you
0: <laughs> um yeah she when she was little apparently she wanted to be a primatologist she actually took a trip to sumatra after amelie to study orangutans i love it for her yeah i love her she is such a cute little nugget
1: she is I love um
0: her. so no actually. Um. The apartment interior scenes were shot in a studio, but they were in Germany.
1: Okay. So
0: I, did ma- I didn't I did reach Are super you hard. I even thought about
1: guessing that one first, but I'm mm. like, no.
0: Yeah, so basically, no. <laughs> no. um, it was because of tax incentives.
1: Yeah. Which Makes sense. is a
0: great reason for places to have tax incentives for the movie industry.
1: If only we had ever had those in Michigan. I mean... Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know whatever would have happened to them if we had had them.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: I think that wraps us, right?
0: Yeah, that was Amelie and we're done.
1: Yeah. Et la fin. La fin? La fin? fin.
0: I think la fin. It's been a minute.
1: I don't really know French. Other than, um, est la toilette, Which is, where is the toilet?
0: Je parle français un peu. I don't
1: know what that means. Does that speak French?
0: Yeah, a little. Oh,
1: did you take it in high school? Yeah. I took Spanish in high school and Japanese in college.
0: I took French in high school and German in college. Interesting. And then I taught in a mostly Spanish speaking high school a few years. (laughs) I'm all over the place. Honestly, my comprehension of all three languages is probably similar. I can probably speak the most German. I can probably understand the most French listening. And Mm -hmm. then Spanish, I'm like, "Eh." but yeah, not good at any of them.
1: Like public education, like I wish they would have had language classes starting earlier oh, yeah. in middle school because, like, oh, yeah, even eleme- like, elementary, remember- yeah, because I remember I went to a Montessori, I don't really remember this but from memories of a vague. Anyway, I went to a Montessori apparently and I started learning French in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Then I went to public school, they didn't have French there.
0: Yeah, see, like, I and had I a just, friend, like, I could
1: be fluent in French right now. I had it's a like friend just doing Forever Jacques
0: in my elementary school who had had in her first grade. French, and then she moved to art school and she was like, "What's going in like fifth grade or something?" She was like, "Oh la French?" Yeah, she was like, "What's going on here?" And I was like, "I don't know," but I wanted to know French so bad because, well, a my mom attributes it to the fact that um, so we get Canadian television here, uh-huh. and so sometimes on Sesame Street, French. yeah, you get a little Zed in there at the end. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so like I used to watch French Sesame Street sometimes, so I was like super into France as a child, uh-huh. like to the point where I was obsessed with Monet. When I was, like, six. Okay. um, I had this, like, book series called Linnea and Monet's Garden, which is about this, like, child who's, like, old man neighbor took her to France to Monet's house. It was kind of weird now. But. Yeah. um, I really, really liked it. And then it was the point where there was, like, a Monet exhibit in Toledo. My mom had to drive me there when I was, like, in first grade. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I want to see the water, lilies.
1: I mean, I wish I had such, like, sophisticated interest as child. I was like, I like frogs!
0: <laughs> I was far more sophisticated as a child than I ever have been as an adult.
1: Sophistication's overrated.
0: I mean, I agree with that.
1: The <laughs> only way like sophistication is if it's spelled with a dollar sign. Oui, oui. Oui. En français. Non. <laughs>
0: oui, oui. Uh, <laughs> this has been Lud Detroit Strange.
1: Le toi Strange. Uh, if you want to follow us on Le Instagram. It is at Detroit Strange, Twitter at Detroit Strange, Facebook just Detroit Strange. If you want to email us, you can send us the email on Detroit Strange at gmail.com If you did not understand that, yeah. just listen to one of the other thirty three episodes yeah. of this podcast.
0: I must start speaking German. This is a problem. Um,
1: hey, do you just listen to us podcasts? I don't know how Google picked that up as me saying anything. No, I have ten podcast episodes that are ready to go. You can listen at your own pace by saying pause or next. Let's start with the Joe Rogan Experience. Hash fourteen thirty one Owen Smith. We gotta go. Google's trying Can't to play wait. Joe Rogan. I don't even know who he is, but I'm over it. Okay, Google, oh,
0: stop. It's a big podcast. Um,
1: it's not this one, so we do not care. Irrelevant. Bye.
0: Uh, but I was gonna say yes. Subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> Rats. No.
1: Rate. Right. Subscribe, right. rate,
0: and review. I'm not going to try this.
1: We'll learn languages for next time. respondez
0: vous, si vous play. RSVP. Um, let us know if you want the B for the chicken.
1: What? <laughs> oh, I it said B or chicken, and I'm like, wait. What? Wait. Quoi? Quoi?
0: Okay, we're gonna we'll stop no, with the languages. Yeah, sorry, we're 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 here. Um, but we are so happy you joined us today. We yes. hope you join us again. We hope that you head over to Planet Ant Podcast, see what else is around. There's lots of good stuff.
1: Yes. And
0: until next time,
1: stay, stay strong.
0: strange. Mon <laughs> nuit. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sex and Violence.